This podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. If you've ever said to a friend, I'm praying, then check out Nancy Guthrie's brilliant new book, I'm Praying For You, which challenges the words we use in our prayers to help us to be praying for people the way God would want us to be praying. Check it out at tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah and I live in the UK and this is my sister Felicity and she lives in the US. Hello everyone. How are you doing Sarah? I am okay, thank you. I am, um, well what, what have you got in your mug today Felicity? What's... Well actually teapot brewed. Um, oh, teapot. I know, I know. My teapot is is particularly nice actually. It's, it's red polka dot teapot. I really like oh. it. Got that one too. Have you? <laughs> How did I not know that about you? But yes, I don't know. And I've I do actually think that when you brew it in a teapot, it actually is nicer. So um, I'm appreciating my teapot tea. What about you? Nice. I've actually got hot water here, but I have got a McVitie's biscuit after the sad, sad news about McVitie's potentially having to close one of their factories this I week know. because of biscuit decline. Um, I thought yeah. the only right thing was to go and buy a packet of digestives that is the right move and if i was in england i would do the same i can't believe mm. that have we really declined in our biscuit eating to that extent that they might have to shut a factory well hopefully through the influence of our podcast hopefully not <laughs> that is true or in fact it might be my biscuit is something special because here's a here's a thing in america people more often than not make their own cookies it was, it's kind of like if you can make cookies, you make cookies. You don't really buy them. And so my friend was saying, well, you know, how do you make English biscuits? And I, was, I, I just don't really try and make a chocolate no. digestive or no, a why would you? milk. Well, why would you? But she has embraced the challenge. And this week, well, actually, it was a few days ago, produced her attempt at a chocolate digestive. And oh, actually... Wow. It's, it's not too bad. I mean, there is there are some improvements. She's she's welcoming feedback, so I have given her the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate doesn't quite go to the edges, and it's a little bit thick, but actually tastes pretty good. So, you know, if the factory does go down, I'm going to be okay, because I live not far from biscuit-making Mackenzie. <laughs> anyway, while we're talking about all these kind of biscuit things, we were um, talking about that thing of how you even get into conversation with friends that goes beyond just the surface maybe even beyond biscuits and cups of tea and whether Sarah you have any good questions that just or ways into conversations that that do drive to the heart and help us to spiritually care for one another I guess during our weeks any thoughts well actually you you were chatting about it earlier first you say you say what you say you say what you said <laughs> Well, I, I was just saying, okay, well, so I, I was saying that um, in our Bible study that we've been doing this year, our last question of the Bible study every week has been, how has this helped you to enjoy Jesus? And we've been saying to each other, well, why don't we ask others that question this week? So how have you been enjoying Jesus this week? Um, and I think actually it's really changed the way that we're beginning to have conversations with one another. And so mm. I think I love that question because it's that it's a heart question, isn't it? Like, we'll, how are we loving Jesus more? I, so I've really enjoyed asking that and being asked that question more. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful question. Um, I, I tend to just ask people how I can pray for them. I guess that's the kind of my my into wanting to 
kind of uh, get conversation just that little bit deeper and to see how people are doing um and I really appreciate when people ask me that like whether it's a written text or phone call or you know having a walk with someone someone asking that question shows that they care enough that they want to pray um Mm. and I think it's often one of the most one of the most helpful questions to ask really yeah no it's it's definitely a good one it sounds simple doesn't it but actually it just immediately changes the gear of the conversation not to make it too intense but just to remind us that we are brothers and sisters caring for one another yeah and a natural thing is to is to pray for each other and to care for each other in that way isn't it yeah 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 Speaking of brothers and sisters, James's favourite address. <laughs> I know. Let's it- do it. Let's get stuck in. Mm. So we are doing um, the first half of chapter four today. So chapter four, verses one to 12. I'm actually going to read, though, from three, verse 17. Um, so just to kind of start with that bit of heavenly wisdom that we saw last time. Um, so chapter three, verse 17 But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbour? Great. Thanks, Sarah. As ever, jam-packed. And I feel like with James, it's often a bit of a rollercoaster, isn't it? Where you're kind of cut to the heart and then you're given grace. And it's, and this is it. This is the peak <laughs> of the roller coaster in that sense. And I, I feel like the the first few verses, this kind of exposure of our desires and wants and passions and how that is problematic as to where yeah, talk, so so talk us through that, Felicity. Talk us through his kind of line of thought there in those first couple of verses. Yeah, so he seems to be pointing to there's a, there's fighting and quarrelling, so there's disorder, the, things are not going well. And don't he yeah. says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill, you covet but you cannot get what you... Like the, the heart of it seems to be the desires. So what we're mm-hmm. wanting is causing problems because as we then desire the wrong things, so it leads us to coveting and quarrelling and fighting and and even then then he says you do not have because you do not ask and when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motive 
So desire and motive seem to be the thing. So even if you're asking God, actually, the reason for your request or maybe what you're asking for is in line with earthly, worldly things mm. rather than that which is which is godly. It's interesting, I think, that just desire and motive, they're quite broad in some way. So he's not pinpointing what the problem is outside of the heart, really. Yeah, but it is a heart issue, isn't it? And I think um, just the, the amount of times the you, 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 you is repeated. Yeah. <laughs> like it's very self-centered what they're like the desire and motive, isn't it? And that is the opposite to the wisdom that has just been described in the verse yeah. above, um, kind of the peace-loving, considerate wisdom from heaven. Mm. Um, so it's such a contrast, isn't it? The relational contrast between those is huge. Um, and then his verdict on that is then really stark then in verse four, isn't it? He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? I mean, that's that's a really, really stark Judgment I know on them, isn't it? That I f- I feel like that verse has been sitting with me all week as I've been dwelling on these things. Just that, like exactly that, that you can't be straddling both camps, and that's mm-hmm. what double-mindedness. We've talked about it before, haven't we? That yeah, the idea of hedging your bets and hedging your bets is really having a foot in both camps. And I think this verse really makes it clear: like you adulterous people, like you're being unfaithful if you seek to try and be friends of the world then you are actually an en- enemy of God. That's really, because ah. as I think about that, I think, oh, I just like that must be so obvious to God when I'm mm. in my worldly ways. And also it's very easy to think you can, um, I don't know, it's very easy to think that, oh, I would notice if I was being this adulterous. I would notice mm. if I was being this double-minded. But actually the way that this talks about desires and motives, that's all in the heart, isn't it? Like that's not necessarily showing on the outside that that exposes my double-mindedness as as the whole book has done so far <laughs> this then kind of compounds that doesn't it and shows me my heart yes absolutely and and it's interesting that um verse five or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he's caused to dwell in us and that kind of that's quite romantic language in a way isn't it this longing mm. that he's caused to dwell in us and that that reality of this is who I am in Christ and as I pursue my double-minded worldly ways then I'm actually being adulterous to the God who loves me and saves me and gives me all of this but then it is the best best bit I think but he gives us more grace I love that he's like but he gives us more grace like that is just really true because we do need it again and again and again (laughs) and you'd think like the natural response would be but he judges wouldn't you? Like, yeah. I think that's that's what I'm expecting to read in that verse. Like God's judgment is severe on your double-mindedness, but the opposite happens. Yeah. But he gives more grace. And that is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. So what is the answer to our double-mindedness the whole way through the book? This is where it kind of really roots itself, doesn't it? That the grace is shown when we humble ourselves and realise that we're double-minded. Mm. And that is, it shouldn't be surprising by this point in James, should it? Like we, we've seen that all the way through. He really doesn't hold back and exposes our heart again and again. But this, what a, what a sweet kind of reality that as we're humbled, as we're aware of our heart issues, so we are all the more delighted in the grace. And, and I love that um, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up there's two kind of two aspects on there and I wonder whether we just need to spend a bit of time this what does it actually mean to be humble 
before the Lord, before we consider the mm-hmm. lifting up. Well, I think he kind of he kind of shows us what it looks like, doesn't he? So um, in verse seven, submit yourselves then to God. Uh, resist the devil and he'll flee from you come near to God and then he talks about grieving mourning and wailing and that's in relation to our sin Mm. so it's it's recognizing it's recognizing the depth of our double-mindedness isn't it wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts like recognize your need for cleansing recognize your need for Jesus that you cannot approach God without his grace that yeah as we see our sin we are humbled in our need. No, I think that's right, Sarah. I think I think that that the humility which then manifests itself initially as a grieving of our sin and, and the seriousness mm-hmm. of that. And and I think that's actually maybe we're not very good at that in a, I'm not very good at that. In our kind of culture, you tw- don't dwell on the bad stuff, just move on to the good stuff. But but here I think we're being instructed that it's a right thing to grieve more mm. than well. It's a right thing to be really gutted about our double-mindedness. And as yeah. we are, I love I love the certainty of the come near to God and he will come near to you. That is, he will respond to that rather yeah. than, I wonder whether I, I don't want to dwell on my sin maybe because I get a bit nervous that maybe I'm going to be stuck with my sin. I don't know whether I just functionally forget that Jesus does forgive my sin. So mm-hmm. I don't want to sort of think about it because I don't want to like be dragged down by it. But I think here we have a lament of it followed by the the certainty of grace yeah I think it's very easy to um get into the frame of mind that uh he's he's begrudging the fact that we need grace again Mm. he's begrudging the fact that God you know that God needs to give mercy again oh really um but actually he delights to give mercy like he could delights to give grace and that's why it says but he gives more grace like his character his very character his very nature of who he is is compassionate grace isn't he um, and I think that's where, and that that's where it gives. We have freedom to grieve and mourn and wail our sin because we can, because yeah. there's there's no judgment on it now. It's been taken, isn't it? And I think that's why the submit yourselves is also really helpful. That kind of language of yielding and like mm. could submitting your desires to Him, like all these covetous desires that we've had. And I think all the way up to this, this kind of feels like a bit of a climax of the book, doesn't it? That actually, if you haven't been hit now like by now if you haven't been hit by the double-mindedness kind of like (laughs) if you haven't um, been convicted (laughs) there's a problem like genuinely though like if if this is just sailing over your heart and you're not really bothered go back and start again because like he's getting to the point where he's like this should be your reaction to Mm -hmm. to what you've seen exposed in your heart yeah, that's really clear, isn't it, Sarah? I think that's that is really helpful. Just uh, there's a there's a uh, it's a right thing, it's a good thing, and that's kind yes. of a pattern throughout James. And so when we've been oh, convicted again, actually, the grace that we see here, and then it makes perfect sense then that humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. And all the way through James, I think we've seen this that those who are dependent upon Christ are lifted up. Your your humble circumstances, what it looks like to the world, that's not the reality of your heavenly circumstances and the perspective on that and the joy in that and the certainty mm. of that. And then, so then he goes, the, the couple of last verses, it's literally, it just follows on, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because actually, if you're at this point of, hum, you know, having been humbled and see yourself rightly before the Lord, then don't judge anyone else. Like, don't look upon other people's <laughs> sin. Like, you have no place to do that 
essentially, you know, who are you to judge your neighbour? You, you cannot, can you? And so that comes back to the heavenly wisdom that we saw at the beginning of actually peace-loving wisdom, sincere, considerate, full of mercy towards others because we are the ones who are receiving mercy. Yeah. And isn't it such a such a delight that as we look back at that 17 and 18, actually, as we go through this process of lamenting our sin and realizing our need for the Lord and this grace, this more grace. So we are yeah. heading towards the Christ like wisdom, like not that we yeah. are perfect, but that is how we're going to be more like this. And that <laughs> that's so freeing, isn't it? Because that in that in the midst of that is weakness and in our weakness. So we can be strong through grace. And, and be more like like Christ. So just quickly, Sarah, how, how does this drive to our heart? I mean, I think it's pretty it's pretty there already. Um, <laughs> I think it really has, but I think it's the accumulation for me. It's the accumulation of the whole book so far leads to this point. And it is it's good to hear it again, but it is hard to hear it. I need to hear it. I think for me, this has just been a really good reminder that again, he's writing to brothers and sisters, and the purpose of James' word is not to wound us it's to heal us but in order to heal us we need to be exposed in our sin we need to be exposed in our double-mindedness and then i just love that actually what we do with that is that we run to him to jesus we draw near to god and we trust his grace is sufficient to do that transforming work that like that's what we need to be praying isn't it and that's where it's hit kind of the rubbers hit the road for me this week how about you? I think that yeah no I think I think that's a really perceptive point that you're making that we do trust God's grace to do the work because if we're in any way sensitively conscienced with all of this as we've been reading James mm. we might be feeling battered but then to really really believe that God does love to give us grace again and again and he is transforming us by his grace and that is the reality so I think there's two things there aren't there that kind of it's okay and good to be convicted and then as we're convicted run towards this glorious grace that we see 17 and 18 a picture of yeah and I think just realizing that like it's okay to fit like yeah as you say it's important to just have grace at the center isn't it of what mm. is shaping us and I think I naturally fit, get weighed down by my sin and actually I really need to hear I've kind of highlighted all the grace bits in this passage in purple and it's covered in purple and actually that's I really need to focus on that color when I'm feeling like oh no, I, I don't know how to get out of my sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Shall I pray that we would, um, <laughs> I don't know, all of these things. Yes, I'll pray. yes, pray, <laughs> pray. go. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we praise you so much for more grace, but there is more grace. And we praise you that it is a good thing to have our double-mindedness exposed. However, kind of tiring it feels to see our hearts again and again. But Lord, we we pray that as we see our hearts, would you cause us to be those who are humbly dependent upon you, that really we really would draw near to you as you draw near to us and that we'd, we would love and trust and believe the grace that you give us. And we pray, Father, that you'd be making us more and more like Jesus, make us wise like we see in verses 17 to 18. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Christy. Thanks, Sarah. Good grace-filled cup of tea. I mean, you know, teapot, but also Plus grace accompanied. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do remember we've got questions in our show notes for you to chat about this with another sister in Christ. And if you haven't given us a review already, we would love you to do that. We so appreciate every review and it just helps for other people to hear about what we're up to as well. 
until next time though until next time thanks sarah all right see you soon bye thanks for listening to this episode it's sponsored by tenofos.com check them out for great discounted resources that point to jesus 